Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today we're going to be taking a look at the script performing live in Cardiff. Now, it's a bit of an interesting one today because it's been a long time and this is honestly and truthfully a long time since we've actually seen some super fans waiting outside at such an early time. It's now just gone, mid- just gone past midday and you have people queuing up at both north entrance and south entrance and the south entrance there's about 25-30 people in there and there's about 10 people on the uh, north entrance so pretty pretty popular it's a 12 truck show and currently they've got one truck still in the building offloading and that shouldn't be long before it comes out they're just waiting they're just unloading it as we speak and you've got the cherry picker moving around at the moment currently they've got the stage built and they've got a lot of winches hanging down from the ceiling ready to winch up sections of the rig and there's loads of it i mean absolutely loads of it all still down you have a couple of led screens which are on a 45 degree angle it's both stage left and stage right one is currently switched on the other one is still at working height as they're building it currently they are winching up stage right pa but stage left is all ready to go so you have line arrays one wide and 14 deep you have five subs flowing behind the main line array and set a little bit back pointing 45 degrees out for surround sound effect you have a smaller line array there's probably going to be more subs in front of the stage but until the truck moves out and they've got other things winched up we ain't going to be able to tell as of yet currently they've only got one lighting bar up which is the uh, back lighting bar the rest are obviously being worked on and they're currently flashing through a load of the moving light washers which are all LED units other than that there's not much else I can tell you on the build but there's still loads to go on loads of it we'll be back after this Anthology of Rage by Paul Collis from Musterix Media Anthology of Rage is split into four distinct sections each section was originally supposed to become a book in their own rights, but unfortunately the author never got around to finishing each project. He did feel though that these pieces of work were too good just to be forgotten about on his hard drive and decided to put them all together in this anthology. Section 1 is a continuation of a tribute to working at sea, which with the last seven short stories written from the collection that didn't quite make volume 1 and 2, but were too good to be left unpublished. Section 2. Not quite short stories, but more rants that could be seen to be short stories about Christmas. Section 3. Monologues from the twisted mind of the author. And Section 4 are poems based on the life experiences of the author. So a nice little eclectic mix of short stories and poems. Very interesting read. And if you like anger, this is a book for you. This book is available on paperback, hardback and ebook format on Amazon. and we're back so the script to an irish rock band formed in 2007 in dublin ireland they first released music in 2008 the band consists of lead vocalist and keyboardist danny o'donoghue lead guitarist mark sheehan 
and drummer Glenn Power. The band moved to London after signing to Sony label group Imprint Phanogenic and released their and released their eponymous debut album in August 2008, preceded by the successful singles The Man Who Can't Be Moved and Break Even. The album peaked at number one in both Ireland and the UK. The next three albums, Science and Faith in 2010 and Hash 3 in 2012 and No Sound Without Silence in 2014, all topped the album charts in Ireland and UK while Science and Faith reached num number three in the US. Hit singles from the albums include For the First Time, Nothing, Hall of Fame and Superheroes. The band's fifth studio album, Freedom Child, was released on the 1st of September 2017 and features the UK top single, Rain. Their sixth studio album, Sunsets and Full Moons, was released on the 8th of November 2019 and features the single, The Last Time. The script's music has been featured in television programs such as 90210, Ghost Whisperer, The Hills, Waterloo Road, EastEnders, Made in Chelsea and The Vampire Diaries. Frontman Danny O'Donoghue was also a coach on The Voice UK for seasons 1 and 2 before leaving the show in order to focus more on the band. The band has won three Meteor Island Music Awards and two World Music Awards and have received two Brit Award nominations. The script have sold over 20 million albums worldwide. So you have Danny O'Donoghue on lead vocals, piano, keyboards and rhythm guitar. Mark Sheehan on lead guitar and backing vocals. Glenn Powell on drums, percussion, bass and backing vocals. Then you have supporting members. So Benjamin Sargent on bass and backing vocals. Rodney Elgendro on piano and keyboards. And he's been in the band from 2012 to 2016. Had a little break and then went and ended uh, 2018 to uh, today. Luke Jobby on keyboards and backing vocals in 2017-2019. Curtis Stansfield on keyboards percussion 2019 to present. So the studio albums are The Script in 2008, Science and Faith 2010, Number 3 in 2012, No Sound Without Violence in 2014, Freedom Child 2017, Sunset and Full Moons 2019 and they had a com compilation album, Tales from the Script, The Greatest Hits, in 2021. And then you've also got Acoustic Sessions on uh, 2018, Acoustic Sessions 2, 2021, and Acoustic Sessions 3 in uh, 2022. So, in 2008, they got the World Music Awards, best-selling Irish act, and won. They were in 2009 for the Meteor Island Music Awards they were nominated for Brett uh, for best Irish band the best album and the best Irish pop act so they won both best Irish band and best album but failed to win best Irish pop act they also had the Ebo Awards in 2009 for emerging artist or group of the year and they won that in 2010 they were nominated for Meteor Island Music Awards for the best live performance and won that. They also had a Brit Award for best international group but failed to win that in 2011. And also they had a nomination for Teen Choice Music Awards for Choice Music Group. Yet yeah, again that was just a nomination they didn't win. And also in 2011 they won both BMI 
pop awards for break even and for the first time. In 2012, they were nominated for Best International Group at the World Music Awards and they were nominated for a Brit Award in 2013 for, for Best International Group. Now, 2014, they were nominated and won Song of the Year from the Media Choice Music and they also won Pop Award for Hall of Fame for the BMI Pop Awards. Then they had a string of nominations at the music at the World Music Awards, but they didn't win any of these. And that was for World's Best Group, World's Best Live Act, World's Best Album for the album number three, World's Best Song Hall of Fame, World's Best Video Hall of Fame. And in 2018, they were nominated, but yet again didn't win for Best Group and Mass Appeal Award for the Global Awards. So that's a nice run of awards they've got, and even with the nominations, uh, that's still a nice uh, rap sheet for uh, awards, I have to say. Very good. Okay, so now we've had a little bit of the script. We'll be back after this. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Master X Media presents Lord of the Memes, Bad Dog, Farmer Frank's Filthy Fucking Farm, and Bonnie Bouncing Baby Bastards. All three of these books are meme books and they come up with some pretty brutal and hilarious memes which are definitely not for children or the easily offended. These are ideal gifts for Secret Santa, Father's Day or even birthday presents for the fun-loving man. So why not take a chance and make his day when he gets to read a lot of the memes meme book. All three books are available on Kindle, hardback and paperback on Amazon. And we're back. So, Ella Henderson, born Gabriella Michelle Henderson on the 12th of January 1996. She's an English singer and competed in the ninth series of The X Factor UK in 2012 finishing in 6th place despite being a strong favourite to win. She signed with Psycho Music shortly after and released her debut studio album Chapter 1 in 2014, which reached number 1 in the UK. The album spawned the chart-topping single Ghost, as well as the top 20 singles Glow and Yours. Henderson went on, on a 4 year hiatus in 2015. Her second studio album, Everything I Didn't Say, was released on March 2022. In addition to solo material, she recorded several successful collaborations, including Glitterball with, with Sigma, Here For You with Kogo in 2015, and This Is Real with Jax Jones, We've Got Love with Sigala, both in 2019, and then Let's Go Home Together with, with Tom Grenham in 2021. And Crazy What Love Can Do, David Greta and Becky Hill in 2022. And three of these collaborations ended up in the top 10 in the UK. So in early 2012, Henderson made a singing appearance on a celebrity Christmas special of the Channel 4 series Come Dine With Me, where she performed All I Want For Christmas Is You. Later that year, she auditioned for Series 9 of The X Factor with original song called Mist which was later included in her debut studio album. She reached live shows and was mentored by Tulsa. Henderson and James Arthur were controversially in the bottom two in week seven and sang for survival. Tulsa and Louis Walsh voted to send Henderson through to the quarter final and Nicole Sturzanger and, and Gary Barlow 
voted to send Arthur through to the quarter-final. The result went to deadlock and Arthur advanced to the quarter-final receiving 13.7% of the vote and Henderson received 12.1%. She consequently finished in 6th place despite being a strong favourite to win. Presenter Dermot O'Leary described Henderson's exit as one of the biggest shocks we've ever had on the results show. During the show and following her exit, a number of celebrities stated their support and praise for Henderson, including Adele, Lily Allen, Cher, Simon Cowell, Stephen Fry, Nick Grimshaw, Sarah McMillan and Chloe Grace Martez. Oh, heck, girl, bloody hell. Okay. And on 2013 episode of The Extra Factor, O'Leary said that he viewed Henderson as the most talented performer he had seen during his seven years on the show. In 2012, Henderson made an appearance on Ireland's RTE, The Saturday Night Show, singing Silent Night. Whilst being interviewed on the show, she revealed that she had signed a record deal with Sony Music Entertainment. She also performed Last Christmas and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas on the Mining Class Heart FM show that month. In January 2013, Henderson confirmed she had signed to Simon Cowell's record label Psycho Music. During January and February 2013, she took part in the X Factor live tour where she sang four songs, her X Factor audition song Mist, Believe, Rule the World and You Got the Love. She also performed Believe at the 18th National Television Awards in, Jan in January of that year and appeared as a special guest at the Capital Summertime Ball in June where she performed a duet of Beneath Your Beautiful with Labyrinth. Henderson's debut single, Ghost, co-written with Ryan Tedder, was released on the 8th of June 2014. It debuted at number one in the UK, in the UK single chart and remained in the top five of the charts for eight consecutive weeks. It had subsequently been certified platinum for sales in Australia, New Zealand, the United Kingdom and the United States. The song later ranked at number 84 on the official charts company list of the 100 biggest songs of 2010 in the UK. Its follow-up Glow was released on the 5th of October 2014 and charted at number 7 in the UK. Henderson's debut studio album Chapter 1 was released on the 13th of October 2014. It was written by Henderson in collaboration with a number of writers and producers including Claude Kelly, Salam Remy, Babyface and TMS. The album peaked at number 1 in the UK albums chart and was the 19th and 31st best-selling album in the year in the UK in 2014 and 2015 respectively. It was certified platinum by the British Phonographic Industry. The album also charted on the, the top 20 in Australia, Austria, Denmark, Ireland, New Zealand, Norway, Switzerland and the United States. Its third and fourth singles, Yours and Mirror Man, were released on the 30th of November 2014 and the 9th of March 2015, respectively. The former charted at number 16 in the UK. So that's a nice little bit of uh, info on Ella Henderson. And I'm looking forward to this performance because I never saw any of this X Factor stuff because I was not in the country at the time. So, that being said, we'll be back after this. The War of Carnarvon Crescent by Paul Collis from Master X Media When a neighbourhood dispute explodes into an all-out war So Chaz Bruford, his wife Ellie and their young daughter Aurora move into Carnarvon Crescent They soon become aware of the troublesome next-door neighbour who makes a point of 
living in her house for over 50 years. From the moment Chaz arrived and began to unload, his new neighbour takes an instant disliking to him and she goes out of her way to make Chaz and his family feel unwelcome. The animosity quickly spirals out of control from both parties and the mutual respect gets lowered right into the gutter from the outset. Chaz comes to realise that this is not just any war, it is a neighbourhood war to end all wars. This book is available to buy on Amazon and this book is available on hardback, paperback and Kindle. This book is pure fiction and should not be used as a user manual. And we're back with an update on the build so far. So they've still got a load of the uh, winches down with the trusses at working height. And they've currently built a nice arced truss for the front house units, which are just simply the LED strobe and flood units, which are lovely units. You know, you can pixel map each uh, of the giant pixels, you can strobe them, or you can just wash something with them. And it's great great versatile lights very handy for having high up in the audience so then you can light the entire audience and plus they can also tilt as well so not only can you light the audience but you can light the stage brilliant brilliant versatile units also they've toured with some of their own staging so i don't know if it's going to marry onto the front of the house stage or if it or if it is indeed a b stage there was talk of a B stage, but I hadn't heard any confirmation on of that. But that's not to say that there wasn't. I just obviously didn't catch that piece of information, as I'm not physically down there building the stage. But we shall see. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts but we also have a series of books the first book is actually two books it's volume one and volume two of a tribute to working at sea the best fiction is based on truth this is a compilation of short stories rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated whilst other stories are pure fiction the title of the book, A Tribute To, is fitting with the tone of the book because, like a tribute act, it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry, as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute To Working At Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle. And the links for all of these books are in the description below. And we're back. So, the rest of the stage is now completely finished. And at the back of the stage, they've actually uh, put in a massive led transparent screen although it's looking a little bit shabby and worse for wear like it's had a few too many tours and bumps and bashes within the trucks over its existence but it but visually 
when the media goes through the server it looks absolutely amazing although although the damage is noticeable with it when there's a static image but when there's fluidity you just can't see it although the high resolution and um, and sharpness is just absolutely pucker still absolutely pucker in front of the stage they've got their own little lip which has got a set of treads either side so they can come up and down from from the stage into the pit and in front of that little bit of thrust stage you've got eight confetti cannons on uh, co2 so it'll just blast it all out and that's going to be obviously fired at the end there's also another LED screen which is hanging from the rig which is a little bit further downstage from the other two that are hanging and what I noticed uh, during the build when I went down to the stage is they've actually got moving lights hanging behind the screens and just out of sight so you've got moving, moving light profile units you have some tilting LED buttons as well so that's going to have a nice extra effects as well. Also, stage left and stage right on the upstart on the extreme upstage sections, you've got ladder trusses with a lot of uh, moving light profile units just stacked up, and there's six of those. So you're going to have another nice little bit of effect. Also, the various heights of band riser, they've got transparent floors where they've got moving lights sat underneath on the main part of the stage shining up through the uh, transparent bits of stage blocks and then the fascias are yet again transparent LED screens so that's going to look pretty goddamn interesting well last of the setups is now done so we just got the show to report on we'll be back after this the name's Vert Percival Reginald Vert and I run the PR Vert Detective Agency. The year is 2055 and the police have been defunded. So if you need a police investigation, the police will charge you a thousand big ones a day. Because of this, the government introduced the PI Act, where the private investigators can undercut the police so justice can become affordable. These are my case files. Percival Vert is no hero. He is a low-life scumbag and the full embodiment of how not to be a man. He cheats his way into getting work, he objectifies women and is quite a disgusting human being, if you can even call him that. Gumshoe is intended to poke fun at everyone that takes life too seriously and directly towel whips the modern day Puritans in the balls because they have forgotten the fact that when something isn't funny in real life, it's probably hilarious in the land of fiction. Come and listen to Gumshoe every Wednesday. The links are in the description below. And we're back. So, Ella Henderson started off uh, in Blackout with a slow magenta fade up and the lights scanning the, scanning the stage. And these lights are, were the profile units and they were in a, in a narrow type beam. So, they with all the smoke effects, it had a nice fan effect and it was and it was going backwards and forwards and cycling around it looks pretty good actually i did a build of white lights filling in the gaps of the yeah, magenta beams and yeah again the same focus uh and the same beam focus and it looks really really nice actually and then at the start of the uh, vocals of the song ella henderson walked out center stage where there was just the face light from front of house one 
Now the lighting in general was kept very basic and there's a reason for that is because the stage and lights belonged to the script and to avoid ruining the effect of, of the main show they just kept it basic. Because of the way how the stage was set out it would completely spoil the effect so they just had to keep everything as hidden and in darkness as, as best as possible. Hence the uh, tight narrow beams backlighting Ella Henderson. And it worked really well actually. What I noticed as well is it, it came across to me that the uh, lighting was being uh, freestyled. So they just had the uh, same focus position on the palette. Right, so on the lighting desk you have position focus soft keys. So you select the lights and for example it will be fan left to right. All the lights in that sequence would fan left and right and then you've got on a different window color you press the color and then you press then you select the units that you want to change so odds or evens you press the odds have the odds as uh, not as a white light keeping the evens pink and then if you wanted to add in a gobo you press the uh, gobo shape button very easy to adjust and all you have to do is hit the clear key and it resets back to its default setting which is the fan starts done and that's how it came across to me because at certain points during songs you could see uh, the lighting engineer hitting the uh, clear button and just adjusting the sequence to a new parameter to me that's where it came across as restyled AV wise the back screen the giant back screen one of the largest screens I've seen in a long long time actually because it overhung either side of the stage and it overhung the wings as well so <laughs> big screen you had the center of that with Ella Henderson's logo and then stage left and stage right was separated into uh, the live video feed and yeah it worked really well the uh, the live camera feed was ultra 4k HD it was sharp it was to the point and it looked pretty amazing sound wise it started off full of bass I mean overkill on the bass and this is the problem when you've got a massively overpowered sound rig and the lighting rig was overpowered for the Motor Point Arena to be honest it was downscaled as much as they could to physically fit it in but they had to adjust the uh, sound levels at the start of the show because it was really really bassy and uh, this is what happens when you do a uh, recall last show so the show is saved on the sound desk like it is on the lighting desk with all the parameters from the previous show you recall it and then during the rehearsal and sound check you'll make some adjustments but then you can't really make the final adjustments because of, because because the venue is empty so by the end of the first song and and then slightly into the second song that's when the corrections were fully made and it was it went from being a being a very low clarity show into being very crystal clear on the clarity so it did take a bit of time had the had the sound rig and lighting rig been a lot smaller they would have had time during the rehearsals to be able to get this on there but because they was up against it with the with putting in a massive show they were just falling behind schedule and struggling to open up on time which which actually got done in time but 
that's the nature of the beast. Sometimes you just have to do live adjustments and then the rest of the show is perfect. You have to take a bite of that sandwich sometimes. Performance wise, Ellen Henderson had a live band, which was, which for being an X, X Factor contestant is normally not heard of, but she had a live band and they were really good. They all played really, really well together. Her drummer was stage right, keys one was center stage right. Her backing singers were at center stage. Her at guitarist was center stage left and keyboard two was sent, uh, was down center stage right. Ella Henderson herself, she was near enough rooted to the extreme down center stage section of the stage. So pretty much on the front because they didn't have much uh, space on the stage because of all of the scripts set up took up most of the stage but it went well it looked well and it looked good and they performed incredibly well they had a nice on-stage chemistry and stage presence together and Ella on her own on her own steam had some serious stage presence now coming out of a long hiatus and then having the pandemic to deal with had left her at arguably out of practice and she was she admitted herself that she was out of her comfort zone because she had not done large shows like this for quite some time but it didn't show she actually had a very strong and tight performance and everyone enjoyed watching her perform she has a great vocal ability and not just being able to hit certain notes and when I say vocal ability, it's everything about it. So you're adding emotion into the lyrics that you sing. And it came across really genuine and high quality and well rehearsed. Ella Henderson, I've never really seen before or heard before because when she was going through X Factor, I worked at C, so I completely missed all of that and was unaware of who she was until, until today. And she had a really strong performance the audience loved her they were hanging on every word that she was singing they were singing they were dancing they had their phones out at the right time giving nice little um torch swaying in the audience and everyone enjoyed themselves the audience enjoyed themselves which fed the band and ella henderson and they're using that enjoyment to actually feel the enjoyment and it was a nice mutual bit of happiness and that's what came across to me, that everyone wanted to be there and they thoroughly enjoyed the show. Ella Henderson was a great supporting artist because she definitely got the audience really in the mood for the script. And you cannot fault that. You cannot fault that one bit. We'll be back after this. A tribute to men that hate their jobs is a brutal but witty portrayal of working a job you hate. In this podcast, there are themes explored in which happy workers simply wouldn't understand unless they listen to these cautionary tales from a man that lost his ideal job because of the global pandemic. Be warned that this podcast contains strong, offensive language that some listeners may not want to hear. In addition, this podcast is definitely not recommended for younger audiences. The links for this is in the description below. And we're back. So, the script. Prior to the house lights going down, the stage was rapidly filled with smoke. And when I say sm rapidly filled, I meant they 
blasted everything as as high as physically possible filled it filling up the stage and subsequently the whole arena with smoke ready for uh, a smoke effect which i hadn't seen and i was looking forward to this when you see a band pumping out the smoke before they come on you're just expecting something big strong and positive to start the show with right so when the intro started all the video screens so the back screen the uh three forward screens that that are actually in in the shape of cubes band riser screens they all had all these star kind of effects like like uh, kind of like when the enterprise goes at warp speed and you see all the stars shooting by that's the kind of visual effect that they had going through at the screens and it looked very impressive being in ultra 4k hd you couldn't go wrong it visually it was stunning you had little bits blended into the uh, stars in the middle of the screen so you had a boxing ring with someone training, a football pitch with someone in goal, a runner going along a cliff. And then the lights came up and then on the first note of the track, there was a massive explosion. The confetti cannons came out and a massive lighting strobe effect, which is why you had all that smoke. And the lights reacting to that was immensely powerful. It was very, it was visually stunning. It was that stunning. It could have been working in an abattoir. That's how visually stunning it was, <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah, I like that. I like those kind of effects where it was just big, bold, flashy, and in your face. And it was a good bit of programming, especially with the uh, all the screens taking the legwork on this and the lights just accentuating the musical cues. It just looked really impressive. And then as the vocals started, the face light came in to light up the individual parts of the band. And you had the Robo Spots picking up the lead singer as he's going all over his nice, impressive, massive stage. Going extreme stage left and, ex and extreme stage right up onto the extended parts of the stage up ramps. With a nice little performance area, which those areas were used throughout the show by the singer or the guitarist. You know, just getting a nice bit of solo on those... On those uh, isolation bits of stage it works really well now the AV visuals just like Ella Henderson you had stage left and stage right a combination of the live video feed getting vision mixed into the ultra 4k VT and with that screen it was very very impressive even though the screen wasn't the A grade equipment because it's all been battered up a little bit it didn't matter because you couldn't see the uh, slight inconsistencies or the dead pixels were in the screen because it was that bright. It just, it did work and the dead pixels didn't really stand out when there's uh, a lot of motion. Although you could see the odd dead pixel when there was a static image on the screen. But it swings and roundabouts at the end of the day. That screen's been on tour, it's been battered around and all those screens, no matter what tour it goes on, would be uh, eventually battered around. And that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. But as long as it looks good and still has a high quality, then no one's going to notice. And that's just how it works with uh, yesterday on the big screen. At one point during the show, there was a pre-arranged moment where the band would leave the stage and walk their way to the back of the audience, which for the other for other venues within the tour there would be a b stage but the b stage got cut for space constraints within the motor point 
because the uh, back seat and we're out the mixer was a lot further forward than what was originally uh, planned so where the mixer position was that's where the b stage would have been and then the mixer would have been closer to the back wall where the entrance into the main hall is so there was a way around this and the script pre-planned a certain section of one of the seating tiers to be used as the B stage and to get them out there you would need a nice safe corridor of uh, space so what happened prior to the show opening there was a white line marked at the edge of the arena in an hour shape given a nice pathway a nice controlled pathway from the stage left pit entrance to the back tiered seating and how they did this to control the crowd well you had pretty much every uh, member of security in tandem with every uh, steward linking arms in a line and barrier tape to show you do not cross this area whilst we're here and they were then escort and the scripts were then escorted from the stage left pit entrance through to, to the uh, seating tier where they performed three songs which is quite good actually and then they got some guy to uh, phone up his girlfriend who wasn't there and they sang a song down the phone but in typical fashion whoever the girl was on the other end she thought it was a wind up and hung up <laughs> and then he phoned them back that was good though when's the last time you heard a band singing a song directly to someone down the phone it works really well and it was definitely a crowd pleaser because everyone was enjoying themselves no one tried to breach the security cordon line and as soon as they'd finished their three songs they walked back down the line and as they were moving the cordon was getting removed behind them so people would be able to move freely around that section of the arena as soon as the uh, members of the script and their team had cleared that certain section so it was nicely done very very nicely done and very well controlled and you have to applaud the security and the stewards for doing such a fine job because doing something special like that and going into the audience is normally a big no-no unless you've got the manpower to do it because the last thing you want is for some troll to get a ticket knowing full well that the band's going to go through the ba uh, through the audience and attack them so hence why a big security operation to do something like this and if there wasn't enough security such as having the bare minimum requirement it just wouldn't have happened fortunately there was enough security and stewards to perform a safety cordon and it worked well it's an audience pleaser and everyone loved it which also fell, uh, whichever, which also fed into the uh, enjoyment of the script, and you could tell that they enjoyed doing something like that because it's not often that they'd actually get to sing directly to the audience in the audience. Very rare that you'd, anyone would do that. Right. So what have I not mentioned so far? The sound quality. Now, after the original changes in sound settings from Ella Henderson, those settings were carried over to the script so they knew exactly where to push the uh, sound and uh, where to bring it back down and from the outset they had a very strong 22 karat gold clarity and it was very very good totally enjoyed the sound quality you could hear every aspect of it although even though the show was on slightly on the loud side and they were bouncing in and out of uh, the legal threshold they didn't go over the legal threshold and it wasn't sustained it was just bouncing slightly in there and out so the odd frequency with the bass is what pushed it onto the threshold 
and they didn't go over which was really good that shows that shows absolute control of the by the sound engineer and a very good sound engineer he was and part of the reason for getting up to threshold is because the power of the sound system that they had and that was half of what they would normally have because of the size of the motor point arena it was an impressive sound it's definitely a sound quality that everyone should have as standard and you are and you do see a lot of very good 22 karat gold standard sound engineers that come into this arena but then again you get other sound engineers who are not which is a shame but that's just the nature of the beast sometimes you get what you want sometimes you get what you pay for and the script they definitely got what they paid for and that was 22 karat gold clarity it was top notch and they obviously spent the money on an excellent sound engineer in the same way that they spent the same money on the top quality AV and LX engineer as well. You just could not ask for better. Now how did the script do performance wise? Well, you gotta say, Paul, you're mad, we know this, we know the answer to this. And I gotta say, yeah, we all know the answer. They were superb. I'm not a script fan, I never have been, but I have to admit that they were excellent. They performed to the highest standard possible. They've been itching to do this tour for so long, and when they actually got on the got on to doing the tour, they gave their fans everything that the fans wanted, and that was a solid performance, a massive high quality experience, both visually and audibly. And you just couldn't ask for a better kind of show with the, all that technology that they had the expensive toys they knew how to use it to absolute massive effect and it completely worked you just couldn't ask for a better performance vocally stunning vocally superior than a lot of people that i've heard recently actually it was amazing he's got a good set of pipes on him and playing quality yeah obviously they know their songs inside out but it was great to hear a flawless performance i love hearing flawless performances and it completely works the audience definitely got value for money when it comes to uh, when you compare the price of the tickets that they uh, paid for to the quality that they saw on stage and yes definitely value for money and the script knew that all their fans would enjoy what they gave them and you cannot do you cannot do wrong by that everything that the script did was for their fans and it came across as such if you've enjoyed today's podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so why not check out our website that's www.mosterxmedia.info and you'll see a lot more content from us until next time guys bye for now